Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back to Key 3 Educators. I'm delighted that you are with me today, and I am so excited about the resource that we are going to be diving into. I have three questions for you. Number one, what are the six skills necessary for every objective to be fulfilled, whether it's a small objective or it's a large one, whether it's assembling widgets in a factory or it's educating kids in a school? Number two, what does your staff and leaders need in order to move to a higher level of excellence and cohesion? And number three, how can you equip your staff and colleagues to better love what they do? Today, the resource that we're going to talk about can help you answer and act on those three questions. Before we jump in, have you subscribed to the Three Keys newsletter yet? Well, if not, why not? Now, I know you're not sitting at your computer every day and thinking, I just wish somebody would email me. My inbox is so lonely. I understand that's not what you're doing. Inbox zero may feel as likely for you as somebody showing up one day and saying, hey, I'd like to underwrite all of your school's expenses for one year. Be great if it happened, but it's not going to be what you count on. Well, the Three Keys newsletter is not going to flood your inbox with drivel. That's a waste of time for both of us. What you will get is every week you're going to get a very short email with three items to help you unlock leadership and teaching excellence. And then every quarter you'll receive a special edition with even more keys. So think of the weekly email as the keychain that you keep your house and car keys on. And the special edition as one of those old-fashioned keychains with those giant keys look like they were made out of gold. And then they would unlock those massive doors behind which were these precious treasures. That's what the quarterly emails are like. So pop on over to key3educators.com and sign up today because there's only one idea, one insight or resource that can make all the difference between good, better, and best. Today's resource did not start out as a book, but I'm going to begin by introducing you to the book. It is The Six Types of Working Genius, A Better Way to Understand Your Gifts, Your Frustrations, and Your Team by Patrick Lencioni. If you're not familiar with Patrick Lencioni and his company, The Table Group, you want to be. He is the author of 12 best-selling books and is considered the pioneer of the organizational health movement. Now, I don't mean health as in setting up a fitness room for your employees, but I mean health as in human dynamics and relationships. I want to read to you just a little bit from the back cover of the book, The Six Types of Working Genius. For the past 25 years, Pat and his firm, The Table Group, have provided leaders with products and services to make their organizations more effective, their teams more cohesive, and their employees more fulfilled. Fascinated with the nature of jobs since his youth, he believes that one of the best ways to impact culture and society is through greater engagement and dignity at work. And I read that quote because as an educator, you are wanting to have an impact on culture and society 
because you are wanting to impact the individual lives of students who come into your classroom and into your school. And in order to accomplish that vital mission, you have to have a healthy organization. Having a shared faith and vision amongst your staff is just not enough. You've got to have that, but you have to have more than that in order to succeed. Before we dive into the working genius paradigm, I want to talk to you about the importance of patterns. You know, the Bible tells us that creation reveals the nature of God. It reveals his characteristics, not just his abilities, but his characteristics, his traits. And one of those is he is a God of patterns. He is not a God of chaos and confusion, but of order. Now, order is not sameness. Recognizing there are patterns does not mean there can be no outliers. Of course there are outliers. There are outliers in the animal kingdom, in the plant kingdom, and things that we just can't quite fully put into a box because it's just different enough that it breaks the patterns. However, we have enough patterns in our physical world that allow us to just function. And in the same way, there are patterns in human behavior that allow us to have relationships with other people. Recently, I was speaking to someone who has the view that any kind of program or paradigm that seeks to categorize people is ridiculous. It's a waste of time. It's no different than relying on a horoscope. And while I understand the human desire to not be stuck into a box and said with and have a label stuck on that says this is who you are, that doesn't mean that because we want to assert our own individuality and our own uniqueness, which is absolutely part of who we are, that we have no appreciation for recognizing patterns in human development and behavior. You see, there's a vast difference between labeling people and understanding their makeup and dynamics. Humility acknowledges that we can never fully know the depths of another human being's heart, but that doesn't mean that we can't try to avail ourselves of tools so that we can understand patterns in human behavior and dynamics, because understanding that doesn't at all reduce or eliminate someone's uniqueness. It gives us a framework for understanding. If we had no recognizable patterns in human behavior, we would have no way of distinguishing between what was healthy and unhealthy, between what was effective and ineffective, mature or immature. And so we want to use any paradigm that seeks to explain human behavior, motivation, and perspectives to understand who someone is, not tell them who they are. So let's talk about the working genius paradigm. First of all, it's self-identifying. It's not someone else saying, this is who you are. It's me using a set of tools to identify for myself what aspects of work bring me joy and energy and which ones wear me down. When I talk about aspects of work, I'm not talking about the differences in career fields. It isn't like saying, oh, I would love accounting, but I would hate sales. Or, oh, I would be great at music, but I would just shrivel up and die if I had to be building houses. When we talk about types of work in connection with the working genius paradigm, 
We're talking about those internal intrinsic aptitudes and skills and gifts and abilities that we've been given, not just exactly what career field that they get applied to. So what is this working genius paradigm? Patrick outlines that there are six types of working genius and that any successful organization, even if it's a one-person organization, is going to need all six of these categories working effectively in order to accomplish an objective. Now, even though we're not talking about the type of work that ends up producing widgets, we're talking about applying this in a field of education, it's absolutely relevant. And in many ways, I think it's even more important for educational institutions to look at this because if you really break down educational models, you don't have that many layers. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have layers of needs, but you don't have that many structural layers. For example, you have leadership that may be composed of a board and administrator and deans. You have teachers in the classrooms, the ones who are actually working daily with the students. And then you have students, and then you have the students, parents, caregivers, and families. So you really only have about four structural layers. And out of those four structural layers, there are only two that actively engage with every student on a daily basis. You have the students and you have the teachers. Even if you have very involved administrators and deans, they're not necessarily engaging with every single student every day. Well, as is in true in almost every profession, there are certain types of skill sets that people gravitate towards. So for example, you can have a wide range of personalities who come in and serve as teachers in a classroom, but there are going to be some common characteristics, just as there tends to be common characteristics in the profession of someone who is in the tech field. And a school can operate for a period of time if they don't have people skilled in all six of these categories. But for the long-term health of the organization, you've got to have people who are gifted and skilled in every one of these six categories. So what are they? Let's dive in. Wonder, discernment, enablement, invention, galvanizing, and tenacity. The working genius paradigm identifies that each person typically has two what they call working geniuses. These are the areas that bring you energy and joy. These are the types of activities that you would pretty much do even if you never got paid for it. And then a person has two types of working competencies. These are the things that you're, you're skilled at, you're capable of, and you can do. And there may even be a certain amount of enjoyment in them. But these are not the things that you get you out of bed in the morning. These are not the things that you are so excited to be able to do. You do them and you can do them well, but they don't provide the same level of energy and intrinsic reward as your two working geniuses. And then lastly, you have two working frustrations. And you can see where we're going with this. 
These are the things that make you want to stay in bed in the morning if this is what your job and your work is primarily composed of. These are the things that you are like, I would so rather anybody else do but me. When any organization is lacking people in the appropriate place that have these geniuses, the organization is going to suffer. And in a school, the quality of education for the students is also going to suffer. Now, this doesn't make somebody a bad teacher. To describe these things accurately, these working geniuses, I'm going to read from the book, The Six Types of Working Genius, A Better Way to Understand Your Gifts, Your Frustrations, and Your Team. The genius of wonder involves the ability to ponder and speculate and question the state of things, asking the questions that provoke answers and action. People with this genius are naturally inclined to do these things. They find it easy to lose themselves in observing the world around them and wondering whether things shouldn't be different or whether there is untapped potential that should be tapped. The genius of invention is all about coming up with new ideas and solutions. People with this genius are drawn toward origination, creativity, and ingenuity in the truest sense of those words, even with little direction and context. Though every type is a genius, there are people who are most often referred to as geniuses because many of their ideas seem to come out of thin air. The genius of discernment is related to instinct, intuition, and uncanny judgment. People with this genius have a natural ability to assess an idea or situation, even without a lot of data or expertise. Using pattern recognition and gut feel, they are able to provide valuable advice and feedback around most subjects in a way that transcends their levels of specific knowledge or information. The genius of galvanizing is about rallying, motivating, and provoking people to take action around an idea or an initiative. People with this genius are naturally inclined to inspire and enlist others to get involved in an endeavor. They don't mind persuading people to rethink or change their plans in order to embark on something worthwhile. The genius of enablement involves providing people with support and assistance in the way that it is needed. People with this genius are adept at responding to the needs of others without conditions or restrictions. They are naturally inclined to help others accomplish their goals and often can anticipate what people might need before they even ask. Individuals with the genius of enablement are frequently unaware that this is a genius at all. The genius of tenacity is about the satisfaction of pushing things across the finish line to completion. People with this genius are not only capable of but naturally inclined to finish projects and ensure they are completed according to specification. They gain energy by pushing through obstacles and seeing the impact of their work, and they find joy in crossing tasks off their list and getting closure. Patrick further categorizes these six geniuses as responsive and disruptive. This doesn't mean that the responsive ones are good and the disruptive ones are bad. No, no, no. We need to have both. If we don't have people who have disruptive geniuses, 
we wouldn't have anything new ever come about. The disruptive geniuses are invention, galvanizing, and tenacity. The responsive ones are wonder, discernment, and enablement. So people with the wonder genius, for example, they're just responding to what they observe around them. They're not necessarily on a crusade to change things. They're just making observations and wondering if change is even possible. Discernment is a responsive genius because it responds to the ideas that other people put forth. They give feedback, advice. They tend to respond more than initiate. The third responsive genius is enablement because these are people who want to come alongside and help other people get things done. So, of course, they're responding to the needs that other people have. And then you have the disruptive geniuses. And again, we don't want to use disruptive in a negative framework. And of course, since I was speaking to educators, the word disruptive normally conjures up ideas of a student disrupting a class, which is a negative thing. But we want to think about this term in the context of the working genius as this is a very positive and needed and necessary thing, not something that we want to shut down or get rid of. Invention is a disruptive. People with the genius of invention, they see a problem and they want to come up with a solution. Those who have the genius of galvanizing are disruptive because they're the ones who try to get people moving in a certain direction to accomplish something. They want to inspire people with a vision or towards a certain direction. And it might not be the direction that a person is currently going. So they are also disruptive, but oh, so necessary. Martin Luther King Jr. definitely was a galvanizing person. He was also disruptive, but we would never say that that was a bad thing. We would say it was a tremendous gift that our culture valued from and continues to value from today. People with tenacity are disruptive because they identify what's stopping us you, me, us, from what we need to accomplish. And they're going to bring about whatever change needs to happen so that goals can be met. And again, we want to see that as a positive contribution that is absolutely necessary to the health of an organization. Are you beginning to see the difference that this makes? So think about this for a minute. Let's say that you have an administrator whose working genius is wonder and discernment. Now, I don't know how common of a pairing that is, but let's just go with that for a minute. They're going to be imagining a lot of what could be. They're going to be thinking down the road, and they're going to be thinking about possibilities, and that's where their focus is. So when they come into meetings, they're going to be talking about what what if, why couldn't we? And then if they have the genius of discernment, they're also going to be thinking, oh, but wait a minute. Here's why that's not going to work. Let's look at the application of this. So imagine for a minute that you have an administrator who has the working genius of wonder and enablement. So this is a person with the genius of wonder who's going to be thinking, what if? Why couldn't we? I wonder what it would look like if. And with the working genius of enablement, they're going to be someone who comes alongside and wants to really help others succeed at their goals. But what if their working frustrations are galvanizing and tenacity? What if they are not 
gifted in the areas of bringing people together to move towards a common mission or vision? What if that's just not their thing? It's not even a working competency. It's a working frustration for them. And what if tenacity is one of their working frustrations? They're going to be somebody who is great at helping you accomplish your goals to a certain point. But when you get to that point where you've got to finish something up, they're not going to be the person who's there providing you with all the rah, rah, rah you need to actually move towards closure with that. That doesn't make them a bad administrator. But what has to happen is people need to understand their working geniuses, competencies, and frustrations because all packaged up on this are the expectations that we have of ourselves and that we have with others. If your staff of teachers expects, for example, that the role of an administrator is to come alongside and to help them accomplish their objectives, to come alongside and help them to get curriculum and and to look over lesson plans and to deal with problem students and to give them a lot of personal feedback and personal development, those expectations are not going to align if your administrator has working geniuses in the area of wonder and invention. So there's always going to be this low-grade, undetectable, and yet present fever, if you will, and frustration that's going to be hard to identify because somebody can say, man, you know, they're, they're just so great about coming up with all these ideas and, and they just have this way to be able to imagine what could be. And I love that about them. But so why is it so frustrating for me? I mean, I can't really put my finger on what's bugging me. Why, why can't I seem to connect with this person? Why do I not feel supported? Maybe you have an administrator who's really gifted with discernment and tenacity. They're the person who's able to look at the ideas that somebody else has and then to say, that's great and here's why that's going to work or that's not so good and I'm not sure that that's actually going to be effective or, you know, that's the good idea, but we need to put that on the shelf over here because it doesn't need to be our priority at the time. Well, if you have staff or you have board members who have a high level of working genius of invention and they don't understand the need for discernment for the, so that somebody can actually assess the effectiveness and the appropriateness and application and the timeliness of ideas, there's going to be this frustration that happens. And the invention people are just going to feel like the administrator is always just criticizing their ideas, and the administrator is just going to be frustrated because they're just going to feel that Nobody really wants to assess whether their ideas actually work in the real world, so to speak. If a board is expecting an administrator to be a person who cultivates a vision for the school and whose primary task is to communicate that vision to staff, to students, to families, to prospective families, to donors, and yet the administrator's gifts are enablement and tenacity it's never going to be a good fit there because what the board is looking for is probably somebody more who has the gift of galvanizing and wonder. But if there's no language to be able to put to these expectations, frustrations will result. Hey there, we're going to pause this episode today and we're going to pick up next week as we continue diving into the working genius paradigm. You've got to have this resource for your school. 
guarantee you it is well worth your investment. So make sure, come back next week. Hey, by the way, you know, the best way to make sure that you don't miss any episodes is hit the subscribe button and also hop on over to the website, key3educators.com, sign up for the Three Keys newsletter. As I promised, you're not going to get bombarded with a bunch of drivel. You don't have time to read it and I don't have time to write it because what both of us are about is advancing Christian education so that we can raise upcoming generations that are skilled in life's key three areas to learn yourself, to love God, and to live connected. So remember this, my friend, you have an impact that truly is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.